Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. It's been a big week for C.J. Stroud. Ooh, Seth, I just remembered. Tonight is the Pro Bowl games. Tonight we, oh. get, we get the accuracy contest that the world has been waiting for. I believe tonight, right? At which point, C.J. Stroud will put on f- display oh. all of the uh, incredible accuracy that any potential free agency yes tonight to enjoy. The recruitment and, begins. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, if C.J. Stroud doesn't do well, right. I will very much point out to various instances where, like, uh, like David Carr destroyed somebody uh, or or whatever. It's not always, yeah. Not always the best indicator. Yeah, so, yeah. No, it's a trash. If he doesn't excel, it's a trash contest. If he does excel, Mike Evans will be here on a silver platter when the league year begins in the middle of March. I wonder. They haven't. Uh, I haven't watched this since back in the day when they used to do the the skills challenges where the quarterbacks are throwing it like golf carts that have a big target on it yeah. and everything. Yeah. I would imagine that they've come quite a ways in. Whatever the obstacles are, there's probably I don't know, like hologram receivers throw it running or something like that. No, they're not. I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> Me too. But yeah, I, I, like I hope there's some level of. I hope they've gone. I, I hope since they've gotten rid of the game completely, they've upped the production level on some of the obstacle courses. Yeah, yeah, we get some good special effects. That would be great. I, or when they hit the target, it explodes or something like that. That would be cool. It's a, or it's a gender reveal. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) All the NFL players who have pregnant wives, they put their names on various targets, and C.J. Stroud is going to reveal the gender of 13 babies tonight. That's one of my guilty pleasures that I've started. I like watching botched gender reveals. Yeah. Uh, It's fun. They're they're usually pretty, and I I really enjoy them if it's devastating to the the people. If they're like, if they really, if it it ruined their day that the gender reveal didn't go smoothly. There was one that I saw this weekend where this couple had a little daughter already, and the daughter was acting like a brat. And they were, it was a balloon that was, you know, had a string on it, helium balloon that was being held to the ground by like a brick or something like that to keep yeah. it from flying away and the little daughter who already existed three years old was trying to pop the balloon with a pin to reveal and it wasn't working so she got mm. all frustrated and started crying and the mom's going over to scold her and as the mom's going over to scold her she accidentally kicked the brick and the balloon floated away <laughs> before they could pop it there goes the, i would just, that's when you tell the little girl that that's her actual uh, her yeah, you sibling. just killed your sibling. Yeah, yeah. your sibling is going to get hit by <laughs> an airplane. Scar now. her at nice all. job. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so, scar your children, everybody. That's the only way to raise them right. Scar yes. them. Scar, them, scar them, them emotionally. Scar them early. Yes. Yeah. Good advice. Um, you mentioned David Carr. He's an NFL.com analyst now, former quarterback of the Houston Texans, and a teammate of Seth C. Payne. Mm. He. Um, it's been a big week for CJ. Man, Pro Bowl swept the board at the Houston Sports Awards for every award that he was up for and finishes in a pretty lofty ranking here on David Carr's top 15 offensive player rankings for 2023. That's an honor like no other. Um, 
Derek David Carr's got him ninth on the list of offensive players. Uh, I'm being sarcastic, David. It's just a fun list to play off of here. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's pretty cool as a Texan fan. Like when you you know you see a list and it's topped by Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey. Oh boy, Cam Newton's gonna his head's gonna explode. Brock Purdy's three on the list. Um, Tyreek Hill four, Patrick Mahomes five, Josh Allen six, Ceedee Lamb and Dak Prescott seven and eight. And then C.J. Stroud, nine. Man, now that I read that list, I'm more angry that C.J. Stroud's yeah. behind Dak Prescott than I am he's yeah, yeah. ninth in the league. I was wondering. I was wondering why you even mentioned that immediately. Yeah, yeah, that, no. okay, put put C.J. Stroud in that same situation. I just skimmed down. I did, you know what I did? Gonna... I did a fine search on Stroud, and it popped yeah. up with him at nine. I'm like, oh, cool. He's ninth. That's cool. I, you know what's interesting is, I don't know when David – did David do this just recently? Yes. Uh, oh, the regular season. So it's of the regular season yeah. – um, cause it, like it, and this is accurate or at least fair. Pat Mahomes was fifth. If anything, you might argue that he shouldn't have been as high as fifth for the regular season. For sure. Like Mahomes is the, the anti Harden. He's just, he's, he's a guy that like I, everybody was, everybody was very cautious about like projecting how Patrick Mahomes would play in the playoffs based on his regular season. And yet, at the same time, you'd look at it and you'd say, "Yeah, I mean, the 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 receivers are leading the league in drops. Travis Kelsey's not the same guy that he used to be. There are very good objective reasons you could say you don't expect Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and the rest of them to perform well in the postseason. And yet, that and yet here we are. Now, I would say that look, it's not like they've lit it up or anything. They they scored 17 points and that was enough to beat the Ravens. Shut out but, in the second half. Yeah. But it was versus I mean, they did what they needed to do, which was they they took their opportunity when they had it versus one of the best really, I think the best defense in the league in the Ravens. They made the Ravens defense look very, very mortal in the first quarter. And then after that they were very careful with everything. But um yeah, I think like Pat Mahomes didn't have a great regular season. That's no secret, and yet here we are. Yeah, well, and, and David Carr's got him fifth. I think if if you told me somebody ranked Patrick Mahomes fifth for the regular season, somewhere in the paragraph where you're explaining yourself would be the words "knows how to win." That's always the esoteric kind of vague yeah. thing you can go to if a guy hasn't put up numbers, or in the case of Mahomes, just hasn't looked as good as he has in previous years. He just hasn't looked as good. Throughout the regular season, he's been dynamic. You know, he's been dynamite in the postseason for the most part. Um, but Mahomes knows how to win, is what Derek. Oh yeah, he does Carr say that. Says. Yeah, yeah Kansas yeah. City worked through a lot of ups and downs offensively, but Mahomes knows how to win, and he did enough of that to hand Kansas City its eighth straight AFC West title. Okay, so David has Josh Allen sixth, yeah, just behind Pat Mahomes, mm-hmm. but ahead of Dak Prescott. I was curious, uh, you know, Dan Orlovsky was getting absolutely destroyed after Josh Allen got beat by Pat Mahomes in the playoffs. Um, I, like, destroyed on all the shouting shows on ESPN because Dan Orlovsky's been a big Josh Allen fan. And one of the big things that, one of the bones of contention people had with Josh Allen, with Orlovsky's love for Josh Allen was that, hey, we're always saying, man, well, Lamar Jack, or like, Josh Allen has this excuse or that excuse. How come you don't make that excuse? for Lamar Jackson and then the next week like Lamar Jackson just got absolutely nullified in the in the playoffs I mean like his offensive coordinator did not help him out at all but it's not like Lamar Jackson had a good game at all 
I I honestly expected there to be a little bit more consistency with some of the hot takes this week. Yeah. Um, there was very little bit of questioning of exactly. Uh, there was a lot more talk about Dan Campbell's decision making than there was about whether Lamar Jackson just can't hack it in the playoffs or not. Dan Campbell was everybody's best friend this weekend for yeah. in Baltimore in the in the building in Baltimore and in the building in Detroit because there were if pretend Dan Campbell's fourth down decisions didn't exist. Ben Johnson would have been the guy we'd have been talking about. Ben Johnson, and I mean, now granted, if he doesn't, if Dan Campbell doesn't make those fourth down decisions, then Ben Johnson's not there to screw up the play call for those fourth down decisions. Yeah, because he yeah. should have run the football on those probably. But that the, I mean, the way they managed Versus, the last yeah. two minutes of the game also was bad for Ben Johnson. Yeah, 49ers had the worst uh, short yardage rushing defense right. in the league, right. and the and the Lions were absolutely destroying the 49ers on the ground, and yet they chose to pass in both those yeah. both those fourth down situations. Todd Monken, yeah. Lamar Jackson, every bonehead on the Ravens that committed an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty in that game. Yeah, um, they they Dan Campbell was their best friend this this past week. So, so I can't okay Stroud ahead of Puka Nakua, Stroud ahead of George Kittle. Yeah. Stroud ahead of Tua Tungavailoa, AJ Brown, and Jared Goff. He's got Jared Goff 14th yep. uh, on his power ranking of players in the NFL. I don't know. I feel bad. I just can't get there with with Jared Goff. I just can't get there. I um I I can't either. I uh, to me it's an indicator of just how shallow the quarterback pool was this year. It's an indicator yeah. of how many guys got hurt. I like in any other year, like Joe Burrow would be in this top 15 for sure. I think Aaron Rodgers, you know, if I know he's older now, but I think Aaron Rodgers is a guy who's, you know, at least the last few years he's floated around in this area on lists like this. I, what do you think of? I, I said this to you before the show, and I was sitting there and I'm trying to think if this is fair or not. Yeah. But like Aaron Rodgers is 40. And he, will he turn 41 this season? I'm not sure. But anyway, he's up there. Torres Achilles tenon last year. Yeah, I, I think that it's very possible with the way they're the way they've advanced with kind of the rehab process and the uh, that surgery that they use now so often uh, for the Achilles tendon. It's possible that he comes back and plays. And yet, there's a part of Aaron Rodgers where every picture I see of him, he just. He has that look of a 40-year-old guy who's not living the healthiest life. Yeah. I, he's just, he's kind of, he looks tired. He looks like he's smoked, like, smoked cigarettes and drank a pot of coffee. Like, I just, he looks kind of haggard. And I wonder if if that is also perhaps a reflection of what's going on on the inside of his body, too. He might, I don't trust that he can stay healthy an entire 17 do we, games. Do we just assume that because that there's this sort of feel around the ayahuasca stuff and we're told that the ayahuasca and the dark retreats yeah. and everything that there's some that there is some health aspect to it that that's a healthy lifestyle for Aaron Rodgers. Well, yeah, I would honestly, yeah, I kind of would feel like you know, like a lot of the people that are into the ayahuasca or things of that nature, yeah, very holistic healthy people. Yeah. They like uh, you know, live live natural living and all that stuff. That yeah, I would I would expect them to be kind of like Tom Brady where you're like this guy's this guy's in his forties. Doesn't look like the forty the the forty year old football players mm. I've seen before. No, mm. he looks he looks every bit of forty or forty one years old. Yeah. He's forty now. He'll turn forty one in December. Could it be that the ayahuasca makes you healthy mentally and internally, and maybe it's not the best for how you end up actually aesthetically looking? Could that be? I would be very very surprised because for one, it's just a one time dosage, and yeah. it's very the toxicity on. The toxicity on uh, like most psychedelic substances is extremely low. Okay. It's nothing like alcohol or uh, or uh, cigarettes or anything like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm with yeah. you. He looks bad. 
He looks. <laughs> <laughs> well, he looked. I, I mean, during that last season in Green Bay, he looked like I. I told you. He looked like a divorce, a newly divorced dad who had his kids for the first the, the first weekend. He's with his kids and he's sitting at Denny's. And in my version, this is you know, I'm just reliving my history here. Like it's it's the '70s, so he's smoking cigarettes in the Denny's, yeah. just looking absolutely haggard. You know, like he he reminds me of my dad when he would get us on the weekends, and it was just like everything was a bit too much. I was yeah. like, when you said that earlier, I'm like, how did you know? I took my kids to Denny's the first trip down to Houston after I moved back down here in 2007. Why were you, were you watching me? What the hell am I going to do with these kids for another 36 <laughs> hours? <laughs> another round of mini golf. Let's go. My kids got, dude, my kids got so good was- at pop a shot and mini golf when, when they would come visit me. Really good at it. That's pretty good, yeah. Would Next you play one. with them, or would you just oh, sit yeah. and watch them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, a little of both. You know, a little of both. Yeah, you had to it's make so my way. Tire- I don't know, man. Keeping up with kids is hard. It's so hard to do. It's so hard to to participate. The whole they've got so much energy. Yeah, it's just so. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you've been around my kids, my two boys. Like they're yeah, they're they're going all the time, man. Yeah, and now they're yeah. they're in their twenties now. Now it's fun. You hang out and drink with them. You know, and they still play yeah, you Papa drug shot. them. Like goes, yeah, like oh oh, don't give your kids multiple doses Sammy. of Benadryl when they're five, but by all means, liquor them up when they're twenty three. Sammy still has the record for Papa shot at Lizards. He got it like two months ago. Oh really? First thing he checks when he goes there, he goes and looks at the score. I'm like, you're twenty four. You're about to be a ponytail lawyer. Stop yeah. it with the stop it with the video games. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Seven one three five seven two four six ten. Brady was married with kids. Rogers is a single partying guy. I don't know how much he parties, honestly. Uh, when you were making the comparison of how they both look, Seth, I, I don't, I don't know how much Rogers, uh, uh par- like parties to the point. Yeah, where he I don't would think look he's like, like he's a uh, like. Re- yeah, remember when he uh, he tried to, tried to chug that beer at the basketball game a few years back? <laughs> I forgot so about that. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Which, the Bucks uh, game. No, I don't. Yeah, I think he's kind of a he. He strikes me as kind of a sitting around and maybe. Maybe pass the peace pipe a little bit and maybe, maybe have a drink or two, but not necessarily going hard at it. But maybe. but there are I mean late nights and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Mm-hmm. He's he always he's always been kind of like a Vince Vaughn circle under the eyes guy though, too, hasn't he? Uh Rogers, yeah, he's he always, always yes. Yeah, he's always the, kind the, of those the, dark the like the darkness features in his face. Yeah, yes. so maybe it's as simple as that. Yeah. Sometimes and that's just a natural trait that some people now I feel bad. Now I feel like a jerk. Um Seth, do you take Hey, will you watch this guy requests off of the text page uh, from yeah, a listener? All I caps. Sure will. It's all caps. Seth, can, Seth, can you take a look at this Darius Robinson at the Senior Bowl that everybody's talking about? It can be a Texan. Thanks. Yes. Lowercase. Thanks. Um, so yeah, we do have to. You know what? Um, uh, the the kid from Missouri, right? Yeah. The um, we have to Cody Stutes. And John Crumpler mm-hmm. are both at the senior. They're both bowl, there. Yep. As is John Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, Cody's been writing a lot of stuff. John Harris, we should probably have. Should we, we check him? Check him with him tomorrow? tomorrow yeah. Maybe get him on. Yeah. John gets so excited about some of these guys yeah. too. So uh, yeah, let's have John on. And tomorrow. we'll make sure we'll make sure because Johnny gets so excited sometimes that he'll start digging into like the like the, the like the way down on the depth chart list. We'll keep yeah. we'll keep it focused on the ones that Texan fans are most intrigued by. Yeah, uh, no, and, uh, you know, there are some very intriguing defensive linemen, um, especially. So that's where, when it comes to, when it comes to uh, uh, 
D'Amico saying that they're going to spend resources on the defensive line. Like, I don't think that necessarily means free agency. I do expect – I think there's a really, really good chance that they um, that they draft a defensive lineman in the first round. I do too. It'll be fun. Especially yeah. at that, you know, like interior defensive lineman, if they're not uh, – you might get a little bit more of an old school guy who's not like an incredibly – uh, like gifted athlete, but still there's upside, and he's a like a big house of a dude. Mm-hmm. Maybe doesn't run the fastest forty, but there's a chance that he could develop into a good pass rusher. Is that what he's, he's is he looking for a big house of a dude in this defense? Like what's no, the- no, but like some of the honestly, these guys are such freaks these days. Yeah. There's so many like 335 pound guys that move like pass Probably rushers. Dunk that just a basketball. Yeah, it didn't seem like they were quite that. Even like the freaks weren't that freakishly gifted back yep. in the day all right Payne and Pendergast with you on a um on a on a Thursday yeah we'll we'll get to, we'll get Johnny Harris on the horn I'll text him in a in a minute Super Bowl week coming up next week we heard from Cam Newton earlier about Brock Purdy game manager according to Cam Newton um as far as topics for next week go with Patrick Mahomes if you hear anybody asking this question it's a really really silly question but people are asking it About Patrick Mahomes, we'll tell you what it is next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. I was uh, watching some debate TV a couple days ago. People getting ready for the Super Bowl. Mahomes v. Brock Purdy. I mean, if this is a topic, I the question was, if Mahomes were to walk away after this Super Bowl, is he a Hall of Famer? And I'm going, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's not even a debate over right, there. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I'm just, this, 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 let's call this segment what it is, a warning label for certain topics that come up this week that, um, that, are, that are not 
the, you know, it's it, it's a non it's it's a non top. Patrick Mahomes, I, I think Patrick, I think if Patrick Mahomes had walked away after last year, like if he had walked. Bill Barnwell would argue that if Patrick Mahomes walked away after he won the Super Bowl in 2019, that he was a Hall of Famer because he had won a regular season MVP and a Super Bowl MVP, and everyone that's ever done that is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So with two full seasons, Bill Barnwell of ESPN.com said he would have put Patrick Mahomes in the Hall of Fame. Now I'm sure John McClain would say, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard because he only played two seasons, but... Some people have different thresholds. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. That's what he would have said. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder how many, how many two-time NFL MVPs mm. are not in the Hall of Fame? Because right now, if Lamar Jackson wins the MVP for a second time, yeah, I would. Is there anybody that would uh, put him in the Hall of Fame? No. Though? Yeah. No, no. No. The velvet rope for the Hall of Fame. Not. Not. It's not hard and fast. Like there are. There's quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame. There's obviously. Dan Marino. Yeah, there's Dan Marino Dan, and Jim Kelly and Dan Fouts and Jim Kelly. Well, you know, guys that didn't win a Super Bowl. Didn't yeah. win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, there's guys in there that didn't win a Super Bowl. Um, but I don't know that those guys were ever viewed as the reason why their teams never won Super Bowls. You know, like I feel like Lamar Jackson is like the trend, the track that he's on right now, six years in or whatever it is, six seasons, six and a half seasons in. It's not just that he's not made a Super Bowl or not made a ton of headway in the playoffs overall. It's that he's been on a team where every other aspect of that team largely has been elite, and he hasn't really even threatened a Super Bowl. I mean, I guess if you count them, they lost by one score to Kansas City last week. Did anybody think Kansas City was losing that game at any point during Sunday afternoon? I didn't, Um, even though it wound up being a closer game in the end. Um, So, yeah, that's an interesting one, man. Lamar Jackson... Yeah, I'll tell you the other thing about like Pat Mahomes already. I mean, it, like in passing yardage is really a messed up stat these days because historically it's just been blown out of the water. The modern era of passing is so far above everybody else. But like Mahomes is already ninth all time in passing yardage. No, that's playoffs. Never mind. Okay. I was just saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not, I was like, how the hell did that happen? Yeah. No, he's not even close to. Uh, uh, being at the top of the list on all-time passing yardage, you could make some arguments there, but the, yeah, the Super Bowl championships trump all that. I just I thought about the MVP part because you know, like JJ, if JJ had gotten, let's say, if JJ had never played past his third defensive MVP, which was relatively early in his career, 2015, five years in, he had won three already. Yeah, yeah would he have been? An, I th- I feel like most people would have felt he was a Hall of Fame member, um, despite having played so few years. And never having won a Super Bowl, even coming close to a Super Bowl. But a quarterback who has two MVPs and hasn't hasn't been to a Super Bowl, I don't know. Boy. I would like I would I'd be surprised if there are any two time MV- offensive MVPs who aren't in the Hall of Fame. And yet I don't I think the consent I think the majority would really right now feel that Lamar Jackson is clearly not a Hall of Fame caliber player. You just stumbled onto something really interesting there though. Like I if you ask people, I mean Lamar has played the same number of years virtually, as J.J. did when he had won the three Defensive Player of the Year awards. And, I, you know, look, I think winning two, MV, winning two MVPs is, is probably on a similar difficulty level to winning three Defensive Player of the Year awards. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you, you're an elite player at your position for a big chunk of the season, or for a big chunk of, of, of time for five or six years. And I think, I think J.J. could have walked away after 2015. Like, let's pretend that the back injury pops up. And he comes back in 2016, and let's pretend the back injury he got was something he just couldn't come back from or didn't want to come back yeah. from. He said, you know what, I'm walking away. 
I I think he would have been an MV. I think he would have been a Hall of Famer, and I think he and I think he might have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because here's the thing: I, the rest of the way in JJ's career, he really only had one more. He played for another six or seven years, but only had one more great season. Like, he great had one season. more. He had one more All Pro season. Yes, and then. Yeah, and then after that, I mean, he had his last year in Arizona. He had well into the double digit sacks, twelve and a half right? sacks, twelve yeah. and a half sacks. Yeah. Okay, so not well into it, but still double di- double year. digit sacks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- those three MVPs loomed large, and yet here we are with uh, the only the only player, the only other player who's gotten two NFL MVPs is Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, Jim Brown had three. He's in the Hall of Fame. Johnny Unitas, three. Brett Favre, three. Okay. Tom Brady, three. Like, but there's only like two. There's there are a few guys other than guys who are already. Aaron Rodgers has four. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. You, you confuse me with the way you phrase that. At Sorry. First. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the I, actual specifically the number that has numeral two. two. Yeah. If if Lamar Jackson gets a second one, only he and Pat Mahomes have had two. Peyton Manning five MVPs. So like all of those above them are MVPs. Pat Mahomes with two. Uh, is going to be in the Hall of Fame, or so all those other guys are Hall of Famers. Uh, but Lamar Jackson, right now, I would have to guess would would. You, there's no way in hell you're you're saying, oh yeah, he's a shoe in Hall of Fame. No, right no, yeah. no. And I think I think similar to, I think the same way that guys who let's use Terry Bradshaw as an example. Like Terry Bradshaw was not a great regular season quarterback. He's in the Hall of Fame based almost solely on the strength of what he. Had been during the regular or during the postseason with those Steeler teams. Yeah, uh, he won four Super Bowls. I think similarly, when you're a quarterback, the opposite can keep you out. You know, the same way the positive can get you in, like it did for Terry Bradshaw, or even get you in the argument for it because you win a couple suits. Like that's that, dude. Eli Manning's entire candidacy is based on two postseason right, runs. Right. He's the anti-Lamar. Yeah. Like that's anybody arguing about Eli Manning. If you're bringing anything regular season to the table with Eli Manning. You're arguing against yourself because he was not a good regular season quarterback. But people think he's going into the Hall of Fame, eh, probably in part because his last name is Manning. That doesn't hurt. But because he he won two Super Bowls and they were both against Tom Brady. He -hmm. beat the undefeated Patriots and then he beat him again in 2011. So 2007, 2011. Yeah, like that's quarterback's just different, man. It's just different. You know, like nobody's judging. Nobody's judging J.J. Watt on team results, and I hope nobody's judging Andre Johnson on team results next week when when that gets announced. So with uh, well, and then there's the all. If you don't have the okay, I guess that's the other part of it though too. There's kind of a sliding scale, isn't there? If you don't have the Super Bowl, then it's like how much did you compile in that time to offset that you don't have a Super Bowl? Yeah, and I think that that. You know, obviously with quarterbacks, Dan Marino or Jim Kelly, they compiled a whole lot. of. They stacked on top a lot of great seasons. If Lamar Jackson were to continue to do – if Lamar Jackson never got another MVP, but he – at some point he's got to at least get to a champion – like a conference championship game or lose a Super Bowl Well, he or did. He, I mean, he it's did a, this year. He got to or, a conference championship. Or, I mean, I guess he's got to – sorry, make it past the – make it past the conference championship get game. Get to a Super lose, Bowl. Lose a Super Bowl. Yep. Um, but, like, then – like, if you were to play – 15 years doing the same thing then he's in the hall of fame yeah it's just in the abs for a quarterback in the absence of a victory then you better be up there on the all-time leaderboard with a lot of things. and that's marino like marino yeah. got to one early in his career and then everybody thought it was automatic he was going to get back i mean that's a he's a cautionary tale like if you if you have a if you're with a franchise who's just not very good at putting a defense on the other side of the field 
um, or you know, getting you the weapons that you need. You played against Marino in his very last game, Seth. Didn't That's you? right. I sent him home. You ended his career. I said, "Get out of here, Marino." Right, and they right. benched him. I was like, "That's right, scram, Buster." <laughs> Called him Buster because yeah. I figured he's he's old, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, "I'll use I'll use what they used to say back in the day." Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, it was honestly though. I like I, it was sad. It was really almost. I mean, I didn't in the moment. I wasn't thinking it was sad. I was thinking it was awesome because we were right. we were going to the was the score sixty two to seven. We were going to the AFC Championship game and we had just won sixty two to seven. Yeah, all we had to do was beat a team that we hadn't beat yet that year in two attempts was the Tennessee Titans. And nobody that's all we had to do. Nobody beats a team three times in one year. That's that's probably what people were saying leading into that week. Probably something like that. Yeah, I don't know. it yeah. sure beat our ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn Steve McNair. <laughs> that Marino game was so weird though. Like so many weird things happened. Because for one, he just he was throwing ducks up. It was like it was I, I know people criticized Jimmy Johnson for benching him. That was an act of mercy. Be, he didn't he didn't need to be out there any longer. And then like at one point, right before a like we're all I think we were all down in our stances, and all of a sudden, right before a snap one play, one of the sprinklers in the end zone. Popped no up and went off. No way. Yeah, like it was just all this weird stuff kept happening. It didn't feel like a football game in no the second way. half. No way. Oh, my God. Yeah. What, so did they, what did they do? They stopped the game? They stopped they, it. Like it was weird. It was like a mega sprinkler. Like it popped up and it like it hit some garbage can. The garbage can went skipping across the field. Yeah. It was really weird. Everything was strange. Uh, I'm looking at the box score for that right now, Seth, for the, uh, the, the, the trouncing of Dan Marino that you were involved with. Let's see. How did – I don't think I did much that day. That I think day. I brought, we had that de, our defense was so good that year. There were some times where you'd like be on the field for like thirty snaps. It was yeah, it that's, was well, crazy. That's the thing. It right, was right, right. There's yeah. probably not a lot of which meant like if the defense was on the field for like forty snaps, that meant that I was only on the field for like you know twenty or less. <laughs> Dan Marino, eleven of 25, 95 yards and two interceptions in that game. Oh God, Damon Oof. Damon Heward came in five of sixteen for forty six yards in that game. Damon so Heward, was, uh, not Brock uh, so Heward. we just we couldn't even be, we couldn't even beat Damon Heward that day. What happened uh, to Brunel? Did he get taken out of the game early? Like he only played. Probably. Like Jay Fiedler played. More, Jay Fiedler had more pass attempts in that game than Mark Brunel did. They probably they must have taken him out early. Plus, I think that uh, well, Baselli got. I think I think Baselli got injured in that game, or yeah. he got injured. He had gotten injured a couple games before, so they were being really careful with Brunel because the offensive line. That's where we were in trouble that year. Was the injuries kind of. Bit us at the end of the year. Fred Taylor, eighteen of eighteen carries for a buck thirty-five in that game, including a ninety-yarder. He, he had a ninety-yard touchdown in that game. Yeah, it's just a warm-up job. For Fred, Fred Taylor. Yeah, dude, you guys had some explosives in that game. Fred Taylor. The offense. No, the offense. We had some weaponry on that offense. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was Jimmy Smith and um, Jimmy and, Smith, uh, seventy-yard pass from Jay Fiedler. Alvis Witted. 38-yard pass from Jay Fiedler. Elvis Witted, who nearly qualified uh, for the Olympics in the 100-meter dash. Yeah. Kind of fast. Yeah. yeah. He had a nice Keenan McArdle. What, what Keenan do in that game? I'll tell you what Keenan McArdle did in that game, Seth. Let me page down here. Keenan McArdle of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not much. Uh, four catches for 52 yards. Jimmy Smith was the big one that day. Five yeah. for a buck 36 and two touchdowns in that game. And then Fiedler would go on the next – was it the next year that he – yeah, the next year he ended up starting for Miami. Yeah, he went to the Dolphins right? the next year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they liked yeah. what they saw. He was 7 of 11 for 172 yards and two <laughs> touchdowns in that game. They, they looked at him as the key to like, well, if we can't beat him, we'll have him join us. It yeah. was like when Bill O'Brien was was uh, was was getting all hot and bothered watching Chris Polk highlights from the year before for the <laughs> Eagles, and they're like, well, let's get him on the Texans this year. 
Fiedler was uh, the first time he played that year. I mean, eh, whatever. Was, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fiedler, so Fiedler had to replace Dan Marino, which is uh, those are big shoes to fill. I think your guy Fred Taylor's a finalist for the Hall of Fame this year, too, with uh, Andre Johnson, if I'm not mistaken. So you got two former teammates on the in ticket. Competition. They're competition. vying against yep. each other. Yep. That's tough for me emotionally. Yeah. I feel like I'm right back in divorce court. <laughs> <laughs> Judge asking me to tell me which which uh which which parent I want to live with. Fred yeah. Taylor and Andre Johnson find themselves on a group text with Seth Payne and a therapist. <laughs> like what are, we, what, I got, are, what are we doing on here? Yeah. I remember like I was, I've, I've revisited that uh, I, when I was a kid the the divorce uh, judge, the family court judge sat me down in his chambers and asked if I had a preference for which family member I wanted to go to. And he said, you know, I, I won't tell either of them. And uh, A, I didn't trust him. Like, I thought he might be lying to me. Like he was going to go out and just blab it to everybody. Well, old Sethers says that he wants to live with his mommy, um, which I did. I yeah. want to live with my mommy. Yep. A, but I also felt like, A, I didn't trust that this judge was going to keep it confidential. And B, my dad... My dad had such like a like a psychological mind control yeah. over me, like a yeah. real psycho stuff that I was kind of like petrified to to admit to anybody that I wanted to live with my oh mom my instead God. of my dad. <laughs> and uh, that's why I beat the crap out of Dan Marino thirty years and later. Then, and then yada yada yada, sixty two to seven. Took it out on old Danny there. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Dan. Yeah. Why the extra hit, Seth? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) You you got issues going on, man. All right. Payne and Pendergast with you on a Thursday. Uh, Let's uh, wind it down here. Miko-versary was yesterday. I wrote some things about D'Amico Ryans a year ago that I felt like he would squash some misconceptions about the Texans. We know he had a successful season on the field. Did he have a successful season off the field in the eyes of Sean T. Pendergast? That is next. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Uh, we are into the month of February, January 31st, yesterday, the anniversary of D'Amico Ryan's getting hired. Wanted to get some final crumbs swept off with that. We're very happy he's the head coach here. Things are good. Future is bright for the Texans. Um, I Googled yesterday just to see what I was saying about this a year ago. Um, cause Seth, as you know, you and I have, uh, our show is podcasted. So all of our opinions are out there. We can't run from any of them. And I supplement that by actually writing once a day as well for the Houston press. So I really can't run or hide from anything I've said. It's all out there. Um, many times I'm wrong. For example, all of my predictions in the NFL playoffs this year, they've cost me dearly. Sometimes I'm right though. Sometimes I'm right. And, um, I thought back when D'Amico Ryan's got hired, I wrote on February the 7th, 2023, four misconceptions, the hiring of D'Amico Ryan's should put to bed about the Houston Texans and what's going on behind the scenes there. Just things that, things that a lot of people had been saying and speaking as, and speaking as truth, uh, more than anything else that, that, um, I thought would turn out to be false and actually here they are, and the first one was something that you had actually said before the Texans even hired D'Amico Ryans would not be true, and that was the people screaming, these two coaching trees cannot collaborate, meaning mm-hmm. Nick Casario's background with the New England Patriots, 
Uh, D'Amico Ryan's background with the San Francisco 49ers, Gary Kubiak and, and Kyle Shanahan, and the perception that that if D'Amico Ryan's did get hired, this would be more of a McNair family hire than Casario, who would want a New England guy in there for sure. Yeah, and there was a – right, exactly. Yeah, the perception by a lot of people was that, oh, yeah, Casario totally wants to bring down Josh McDaniels or somebody else like that. Um, that's the grand and the grand plan. I like. I don't know if maybe maybe at some point Casario did want that. I have zero clue. I know by the time, really by the time of the introductory press conference, it was pretty clear that Nick Casario was fully and a hundred percent on board with D'Amico Ryan's by virtue of the story he told, which was that when they got off the Zoom call with D'Amico, Cal and Nick looked at each other and were kind of like, "Well, that that decision's made." Yeah, we got our guy. But, yeah, but then they weren't allowed to talk to him for another week because it went into a, a dark uh, dark period where you were not allowed to have contact with anybody. So they kind of had – it was like an old-time courtship where you had to do it by letter writing. And yeah. you kind of like, you know, you write a letter to Sally May and hope that that, <laughs> hope that, that scoundrel Jimmy Joe doesn't, doesn't get his hooks into her before you see her next. Yeah. Well, it, well, and here's the thing is that D'Amico Ryans wasn't even playing hard to get, right? right According right. to the stories, he's like, yeah. this is where I want to go. Let's make it happen. You know, paraphrasing, yeah. but that's what he but you said. You never know, man. That's Things true. happen. That's true. Things happen in love and football. In come yeah. the Walmart people showing a little leg, and you're like, oh, I don't know. Cal and yeah. Nick guys are awfully nice, but these Walmart people sure are sexy. That's got to be the. That's got. That's hard though, too. I think whenever there's like a moratorium or a quiet period or anything, yeah. yeah. That's a part where you gotta. There's a party that's gotta wonder, like, all right, I'm gonna play by the rules, but man, like, I don't know if everybody else. <laughs> Nobody is. else does, yeah. Yeah. So you're sitting there, you're trying to be a good boy, yeah. and you're not calling or texting or anything. But meanwhile, who knows? Who knows who's got their nefarious little Twitter uh, text thumbs oh, going? You and know, Denver would have. Remember, reportedly, Denver made like an 11th hour end around to try to get to Miko after it after it was looking like he was going to the Texans. You know, mm-hmm. after it had been reported. Yeah. If any yeah. team would do it, it'd be the Denver Broncos scumbags um second one misconception squashed by D'Amico Ryans I wrote this a year ago did this come to fruition the perception that Nick Casario has to be in control on the headset on game day um we knew we knew they're pretty open about Nick's participation when David Culley was the head coach seemed like it was less so with Lovey Smith like Lovey got to do his own thing and yet I think there were still a lot of people out there and maybe this is part and parcel of the skepticism of the two of them working together overall, like what we just talked about, that Nick would want to have his fingerprints on some of this stuff or his yeah. paws on some of the operation. That does not look like it's played out that way I, either. I think the part, like I had a good feeling about those two and their working relationship, but you never know until they actually get together. And I think there was like a, I'm, I'm sure there was a feeling out period where they probably, I think both those guys, I, the, the thing that had always struck me was that they're both not concerned with a lot of the things that distract other people in leadership positions. Uh, Like, I think they're very good at compartmentalizing and not necessarily worrying about what people are saying, not worrying about whether you're coming off tough enough, not worrying about whether, like, uh, like you're making the right political moves within the... Like, they just don't worry about that stuff. They want it to be all about the ball. 
And I think as they've worked together, they probably started to realize that, that there wasn't just a lot of nonsense that you have to work through. Like being in a, like in any other kind of nice relationship. Yeah. You know, like when you meet somebody, you know, probably like when you met Amy or when I met Brandy, mm-hmm. you know, like after a little while, you're like, oh, well, it's just, I guess there doesn't have to be all kinds of drama in a relationship. <laughs> and I is, had no idea it could this be this way. This is odd. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you sure you don't want to say something about one of your ex-boyfriends right now? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I feel naked right now. You're not going to get mad at me weirdly about something that I didn't even do? Okay. I thought this right. was supposed to happen. Yeah. I had it on my checklist. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, third one, misconception. D'Amico Ryans has an issue with the McNairs. And this goes back to uh, D'Amico Ryans suing the Texans in NRG Stadium back after his career was over because he suffered the second of two Achilles tears, both at NRG Stadium, one in a Texans uniform in 2010, one in an Eagles uniform in 2014. Indeed. And they um, were both on that old tray system surface. Yeah, yeah, right yeah, there. yeah. The one that got clowny too. Just uh, funny now that everybody's clamoring for natural for grass. When like that yeah. was the I tore my I tore my hamstring off my pelvis because of that weird surface. Did, really? Like that, yeah, I did a full split with uh, with two offensive linemen on top of me. Was it hard? Not was like it? recreationally. No, it was no, a, not the fun. It wasn't kind. like some weird thing I was into. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did it? I mean, you. it was pallets when you played on it, right? Like pallets yeah, of yeah, grass? Yeah, Was it a noticeable thing playing on there, like with the pallets? Were you worried about it getting was, your cleats Yeah, there were like seams, and yeah. the dirt, like the sod itself just wasn't as mm. firm. So I, I I had the wrong spikes in. I should have, um, I mean, if I were going to sue, I wouldn't have said what I just said. I, I could have chosen <laughs> is, better spikes is, than I had. Is the lawsuit still open? <laughs> Somewhere I don't know, now that I'm... Texans Attorney's Talking like, ah, my way through this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got him. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, it was really sloppy. Yeah. And like, so even like we're playing underneath the roof and everything, but because it was so wet, I got, I was getting combo blocked and I went to turn my shoulders. Ooh. You split the double team uh, and my, my back foot just uh, slid out from underneath me. Uh, and I did like the vertical split <laughs> with, with two guys landing on me and I just, Oh, yeah. oh, now if they hadn't landed on you, would you have been okay? Like, could you, were you flexible enough to where you could have Yeah, no, off I'm a super split? flexible. Yeah. I'm ex- like, I'm really kind of freakishly flexible yeah. for my size. Right. Um, you know, it's because they're, it's like the only other time this injury happens in adults is in water skiing. Like yeah. you have to have your legs straight with a whole lot of force yeah. being applied like eccentrically. So what happens in water skiing when people, oh. um, if they bite it and their legs are straight out in yeah. front of them. And they get kind of folded up forward. Uh, That's like the only other time this particular type happens, or uh, it happens in it happens in adolescent boys because the actual their pelvises aren't completely formed okay, yet. Okay, okay. And it, it like pulls a bone plug out. Okay, Mind the tendons. Okay, this is some graphic or, uh, yeah. stuff right now. Yeah. Oh yikes. Um, well, needless to say, I think D'Amico Ryan's did not have issues with the McNairs. Otherwise, there would be no D'Amico Ryan's hire to be the head coach of the Texans. Last misconception: D'Amico that D'Amico Ryan's squashed in the end. There was a there was a feeling it seemed like among media that D'Amico getting a six year contract was a big game changer for him getting this job. That it wasn't essential that yeah, needed the that security he, of that sixth yeah. year because of what happened with the previous two head coaches. Yeah, and um, or no mention the, of it since. For then. one, the six year contracts are starting to be more standard. The other thing that was curious to me about that was that it was a whole lot of people that really should have known better that had seen various six year contracts uh, like evaporate. 
almost immediately at times. Cliff Kingsbury just signed an extension yeah. when he got fired. Like it's not the six-year contract only does so much. Now the total amount of guaranteed money is what what does it for people, whether it's five years or six years. Yeah, I think that. Um, yeah, I think there was just more. There was way more mutual desire on both parts for these guys, for these, for D'Amico and the Texans to get together. Yeah, for that to have ever been an issue. Yep. Um, text message up what, next. The, what's up? Oh no, I was just going to say the other. The, well, the perception that somehow the Texans were super trigger happy on firing coaches was they were people when they would think that they're ignoring like the nature of those two hires. <laughs> those were just they were both like kind of peddling water. <laughs> emergency type hires they never they should have done it they were hiring an interim coach with david Culley. they just they botched it they just they hired the wrong interim coach you know yeah well those two teams were bad you know what i mean like if someone had just watched the season highlights of each of those teams and said you think this coach who coached this team forget about how long he's been with the team should that guy keep his job i'd be like no i that, that that's a really bad product out there um up next the two faces of sean when it comes to D'Amico ryan's that goes back to this AI assessment of me, my personality assessment, saying that my friendly attitude could be misleading. I hadn't read this other paragraph, Seth, about me on here. This was an AI assessment of what I would be oh, yeah. like to sell to, like if a salesperson had a meeting with me. And just to be clear, listeners, we're not going to break right now. Sean was reading a text uh, over the face. Oh, piece. thank you. Yes. You, yeah. said, you said it at 54 past I, the hour, I and did. I got confused. I'm I, like, wait a second. Yeah, no, no, yeah, we, yeah. We go yeah. all the way to the hour on this one. Okay. Right, yeah. right, right. No, no, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, no, that's, we're, we're, we're going to hand it over to In the Loop here shortly. This is what it says about me. One other paragraph. Boy, this is a deep dive. Sean is really good at seeing what the long-term impacts of his decisions could be. He's oh. always positive and upbeat. So take his promises with a pinch of salt. How about that? Take his promises with a pinch I'm of always, salt. I'm always positive and upbeat. So take take his yeah. promises with a pinch of salt. But and how's that related to the long term part of things? I don't I know. Guess. It feels like I I feel like because I'm friendly. And positive yeah. and upbeat. I'm getting a bad rap right now. You know, I feel like describing in some respects, Sean, is me. Um, I, like when I am in person, I think uh, the, somebody on here gave his own AI description of me and painted me out as a lot grumpier than I think I am. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, what I thought of immediately there is if they were giving that business advice to somebody. I, I remember when like we were the we were broadcasting the Dynamo games. Yeah. And the Dynamo would come in and they talk to us about everything. I would get genuinely super excited about talking a boatload of Dynamo yeah. that year, and because uh, <laughs> I'm I'm capable of great excitement and optimism. But then I realized uh, pretty soon afterwards, like, oh, who am I kidding? I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna. I I can't go to soccer games. Well, yeah. What am I doing here? I, no, no, that's no, true. No. Now that might be you. Like you, yeah. I went to a wrestling event with you, and you were in the front row, and you were the most enthusiastic of the six of us that went. You were standing yeah. up encouraging wrestlers on the floor to get up you can get I was, in I was, there i was fully invested come on jungle boy about, come on I you can't worry, do yeah. any good out here get in the ring yes. <laughs> and that true true to that form and that warning that you just received right. i still worry about some of the characters um from that night the poor woman that was abducted yeah. <laughs> um and yet and yet 
I don't follow up on it. No. So I uh, like I feel the concern yeah. and care in my heart, but you should watch out because I'm not going to actually follow up or follow through. Seth, I'm going to read it and put your name in. Seth is always positive and upbeat, so take his promises with a pinch of salt. <laughs> you know what? I think you just I think you just nailed it right there. Um, hey, John, John Lopez. Yes, sir. Did you get one of these yesterday? I did not. I had to leave early. I okay. delivered a Texas Star Grill Shop uh, grill and uh, some OG sauce. Uh, oh. It was great. I know the big contest we did. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I had to leave a little after three. So you delivered it in person? I did. Oh, it that's was badass. Did was they fun. know you were coming? Yeah, they were excited. They brought their whole family out. Really? Yeah, it was cool, man. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, do you know if one of these reports exists for you, maybe? Because uh, you weren't I do in not. the meeting? Okay. No. Yeah, AI has really painted me out too. AI painted such a picture of me. That Seth's first question after I read some of the bullet points was, "Are you Jack Easterby?" <laughs> <laughs> so wait a yeah. minute, it's all coming together. Do you, now. John? Do you find my friendly attitude could be misleading? Do you? Oh, okay. your friendly attitude. Do you find could that my misleading? friendly attitude could be misleading? Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, yeah. Thank you no, very much. I know. Okay. I just got mine. Okay. So what are the first top two bullet points? This is the first. Uh, there's probably one for Seth on the. This is the, the first time I'm too. reading this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What comes naturally to John? What does it say at the top? Uh, they are not the quickest decision makers. Hey, their friendly attitude could be misleading. What? <laughs> the exact. <laughs> you, be, you know who else got it? Jesse Watt. Really? Same thing. Yeah. Second one not says. Give them, I like that they did. Did you not give them your pronouns? The, <laughs> like, I like that they've made you non-binary. Yeah, the, same the, uh, the second <laughs> one says they can take certain risks that are unlikely to have personal consequences. Yes. Same thing. We're the same thing. person. Yeah, I feel they, you know what? This is one of those experiments they do, like they do with horoscopes. They give the exact same horoscope to everybody, and they're in like and ninety percent of people say, "Oh yeah, they nailed it. Okay. They got it." If right. if you believe in horoscopes, right, yeah. right, right. Well, I start reverse confirming it. I start going back and thinking in my mind, hmm, when have I been misleading with people while being friendly? I mean, that's life. I've been around for a bunch of years. At some <laughs> point, I've had a day that fits that description. I, I didn't get the AI one, but one of our listeners said, Seth is the typical angry, tired, incredibly educated, and constipated New York City guy just getting off a plane. I work at IAH. Dozens of Seths coming in every day. <laughs> okay. I don't believe any of this. I think they just copy what, what, and pasted. What are you pointing at right the now? The relationship-oriented, yeah. uh, full yeah. of energy, informal. They are friendly, approachable, and love to make new connections. They are always positive and upbeat, so take their promises with a pinch of salt. I got the pinch of salt, too. They are good at seeing what the long-term impacts of their decisions. Yeah, you and I are basically twinsies. We're, the, we're Twinkies. Yeah. Did they give the watch out to Landry? Did Landry get a watch out for Landry? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. Uh. It was... It was I'm never mind. I, I, <laughs> shot, shot, I'm, nah, nah, never mind. Never mind. Yeah, you got to be careful. This is something that our company is yeah, doing yeah. and asking you to. Uh, Sean was front and center. He's he's in on it. I'll let him speak. And, uh, <laughs> wave the pom poms. I'll just my, sit there. Seth, they AI'd my Sean voice. Was, yeah, Sean they, was uh, they, all in on it. I got to get the audio. They AI'd my voice and it sounded really good. <laughs> it sounded better. Sean like, was giving the thumbs up to dude, Sarah. I did. Our main boss. I did. Yeah. No, I said this guy's making a lot of sense. This AI, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I like what I like the cut of his jib. All right. Be careful because Sean's mostly just a teacher's pet. That's all I am. I'm friendly and very deceptive with being friendly. All right, we're done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 